Welcome to Bible Conversations. Today we're going to be talking about God is holy. All right, we're excited to get going, and we have a special guest with us today, um, Mr. Myron Goins. Um, Myron is a, a member here at Keller with Chris and I, and um, he's here to have a conversation with us about God is holy. So, Myron, do you want to introduce yourself uh, to everyone real quick? Yeah, I'm just uh, right here with you. I'm not two two pews away from Chris usually on <laughs> on the Lord's Day uh, when we come to worship and. So, uh, yeah, it's good to see you guys in a different environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm happy to have this conversation. And, yeah, I'm just a fifth-generation Texan, you know, right here living at home. Awesome. that That's really great. You know, Texas blood runs through through my family as well. So yes. um, I like that. Yeah, all three of us born and raised in Texas. That's uh, that's important today. <laughs> oh, <laughs> not really. Probably but, not so much. But it is important for somebody well maybe. well we're, we're set apart right as, as texans we're set apart exactly, yeah <laughs> a royal priesthood is that, is that well, what it says about texans well <laughs> uh, along the lines of set apart um that's that's kind of what it means when we talk about god being holy it's he's on a different level right um not Absolutely. not not to say that that texans you know we're on a different level but uh transitioning to to god when we say god is holy He's on a different level than everyone and everything else. And we talked about this a little bit last week um, when we're discussing God as creator, um, that he is far greater than Superman. <laughs> you know, people have this idea that the God, yeah, he's amazing, but he may be just a step higher than Superman, but, but he blows him out of the water. God is creator. He is so much bigger. And the same thing can be said when we're talking about God is holy. He is not just a step above anything. He blows the competition out of the water, if there is any competition. Um, so, Chris, when when we talk about God as holy, the first thing that comes to my mind, you know, is is being set apart, being a step above. For you, what what really sticks out in your mind? It's a tough question because as as you've been talking and as you know, we've in this so far brief conversation, I tried to define what holiness at least is in my mind because I think that's absolutely crucial to this conversation. If we can't define or understand what holy is, then we have no grounds to say that God is holy. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if we don't know what it means, then, you know, you can't say anything. I, I have a quick little story about that. In my, I guess, third grade class, um, I had a, a teacher who was, I was in a, a Montessori school. So you basically just went at your own pace, did your own thing. Uh, you had to complete the curriculum within the time's end, but you did it as you wanted to. And so he had a parent visiting that day, this teacher did. And um, I, as I was going up to him to talk with him, I was going to ask him something. And he said, no, you can't have that. And I called him a a turd in third grade. And I had no idea what it meant. And he got really upset because he's having a parent meeting, right? One of his kids just called him basically a piece of poop, right? And I was like, what did I say? Like, what did I do wrong? When I found out, I was so upset because I had insulted him in front of parents. I had to write an apology letter, right? So when we use words that we don't understand, we're, we're doing injustice to those words, right? We're not doing right uh, by, by what we're doing. So with regards to holiness, the way that I view holiness is perfection. 
It is without sin. It is without fault. It is, um, as you were saying, right, above. It is better than. Uh, holiness is really only attainable by God. And with us, it's only attainable through Christ. Mm-hmm. And so I think that is absolutely critical to this conversation, is, is the definition and the understanding of what holiness is. Well, I never dreamed that we'd be talking about uh, you know, fecal matter and things like that. <laughs> right? But, but, you know, uh, so, so a little child is innocent, doesn't understand. Yeah. But when you get older, you do understand mm-hmm. that, like, uh, I think it's Isaiah, uh, if I remember right, it's chapter 64. Isaiah uh, has an encounter with God, and he says... Woe is me, <laughs> for I am uh, undone. You know, I'm stripped naked, if you will. I'm I'm undone. I'm I'm not together. I'm uh, unworthy. I'm right? I'm just totally, you know, falling apart here. For I am a man of unclean, like this little child uh, <laughs> remark. I'm a I'm a, uh, I'm a man of unclean lips, and so. He sees basically the purity, the cleanness, the righteousness, the brightness, the integrity, the completeness of God. His mm. holiness is what that is. And and he compares that to what he knows and and sees in himself as unclean. We're all unclean, right? So yeah. comparative, uh, compar- comparing that to, to God... Uh, all of sin and fall short of glory of God. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we're just terrible. Uh, we're wretched. Uh, I guess Isaiah also said that uh, our righteousness even, compared to God, our righteousness is like filthy rags, like um, unclean garments. Because even when we think we're being as righteous as we can right. be, we're still like filthy rats. Even though we're holier than thou, we ain't holier than him. <laughs> well, and so I guess maybe for an analogy here, right? When when you, so viewing God, right, as, as, as holy as he is, he is completely clean, completely clean, right? right? Well, the second that we as people sin, we have basically taken a headfirst dive into a mud bath. Right. Like we're just we're covered in sin. We're covered in the mud. Right. You take a head first dive in. You're just covered in mud. No matter how much you try and clean off the mud while you are in that bath, you cannot clean it off. It's going to get dried and caked on before you even get close to cleaning it off. Exactly. Right. Like it's not going to work. (laughs) Yeah. And so the only way to come clean. Right. The only way to become holy, the only way to be set apart. Right. Is through Christ, his blood that cleanses us. He's the only one that can pull us out of that mud bath. He's the only one that can pull us out of our sin and wash us clean. And so, so the, the whole purpose of being a Christian is to become more like Christ, mm-hmm. to become closer to God, to attain to heaven. And in doing so, we are trying to be holy. We, so are, we, we started this conversation uh, comically about yeah. uh, Texans yeah. and immediately all non-Texans that are hearing this yeah. are rolling their eyes and and saying, yeah, As they those, probably should. those braggadocious, proud, <laughs> uh, proud Texans. And, and, you know, there's a measure of, uh, there's a measure of truth in, that there is true in that. Yes. But, but when I think of holiness and I think about God in rel- in relation to this uh, braggadocious, proud kind of attitude, what you immediately see with Isaiah or uh, others, every Christian who, uh, who comes to a knowledge and a love of, of, of Christ, 
starts with humility. Mm-hmm. And so it's just the opposite of that, right? So it crushes mm-hmm. your pride. The holy, the holier you you see God, the more undone yeah. and the more mm-hmm. humble you have to be. And that humility has to precede, uh, would precede uh, repentance. And, and then mm-hmm. finally, you know, if you don't get there now, yeah. What does it say? Uh, every knee shall bow. You're yeah. going to get humble eventually. At one time uh, on judgment another, day, every tongue will confess. Every knee shall bow. Every yeah. tongue shall confess that yeah. Jesus Christ is Lord. And yeah. so, you know, that humility happens better now. Like when when, when, when Moses, <laughs> you know, when Moses encounters this burning bush, yeah. mm-hmm. and and the very first encounter with God, God says. Take off your shoes for the the ground, paraphrasing, mm-hmm. I think, uh, the ground that you're on is holy. Yeah. Yeah. What makes it holy? What makes it special? Because well, God's there. Yeah. And so if we're going to be with God, and he demands that we do, so he, he tells us, be holy mm-hmm. as I am holy. He wants to be our heavenly father, so yeah. we're going to be his children and act like that, you know. Well, Going off of Chris's analogy and being humble, you have to realize you have mud on yourself. You know, that, right. th- that's what it can't means be to, like a pig. Yes, it, it, well, exactly. <laughs> Wallering. Th- in that's it. what you. That's what it takes. You have to realize. You have to be humble enough to realize that I'm covered in filth and I need to be clean. I've do- dove in, dove in, dived. Dove. <laughs> dove. I've dove headfirst into this pit of mud. Jumped. <laughs> I jumped. Yeah. Easier to conjugate. <laughs> I jumped into this pit of mud. And now the only way to clean it off is to jump headfirst into the living water that yeah. Christ is, is offering, just, just as he offered the woman at the well. And and when we do that, we read in Ephesians 5 what, what that looks like. Ephesians 5 says, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. Th- that's the whole crux of everything that Paul's talking about through Ephesians 5. And and he gives a few different ways to do that. He says you got to do it by walking in love. You got to do it by walking in wisdom. And we we have to do it by walking in the light. And when we do those three things, we're becoming imitators of of God. And that is diving headfirst into Christ instead of diving headfirst into that pit of mud. And so I, I, I just get one of your verses. Mark. Oh, I, you know, I was thinking about uh, Ephesians 5 when we were, you told me we were going to talk about holiness. Yeah. So the analogy that he makes there in verses 20, if, you, if you're a married guy and the three of us are, yep. uh, you're, you, you think, okay, so husbands, that seems like a, not a, uh, that's a strange analogy to get into holiness. But look at the text. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's uh, Ephesians 5, 20. 25 or so through 26. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. For what reason? That he might sanctify it. There there you have an appreciation for holiness because sanctification means to set it aside for a special purpose, like a holy nation and a holy person called out of the world. Mm -hmm. And so uh, sanctify it, having cleansed it, that is to make it holy, make it pure, Wash it, having cleansed it by how, and this is how we how we are by the water that's through baptism, immersion in water, mm-hmm. uh, with the word, 
you can't just uh, get wet uh, for no good reason. It'll just get wet, but it has to have purpose behind it. So but yeah. with the word, and then what's the reason why he's going to sanctify the church and call these people out, each of the Christians, that he might present the church, the members, these members of the body to himself, a glorious church. It's mm-hmm. holy, right? And so having no spot or wrinkle in any such thing, but that it should be, now here's our word, that it should be holy uh, without blemish. So if if we can get that analogy, that we are to protect and, and to care for and love our and cherish our wives, um, then, then we have a better appreciation for how he views us. And how do we make ourselves holy? Well, because we can't be living like the world, uh, uh, going after worldly things, lust of the eye, lust of flesh, mm-hmm. pride of life, but instead um, have to key it down, turn it down, even for a Texan. Yeah. Be humble. Absolutely. And um, for some of us, that is a really challenging thing. Some of us, it's not. But holiness, I think, is more challenging for some people than others. Mm-hmm. I think holiness is obviously without Christ, it's impossible, right? Oh, absolutely. And, and, and righteousness <laughs> is difficult for everybody for various reasons, right? To be righteous in God's eyes means that we are really not sinning, right? Well, everybody has their different sins or different vices, whatever words you want to use, right? People have different things that cause them to stumble. Well, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 10, it starts talking really about salvation, right? And that it has been prophesied uh, for, for such a long time that salvation was going to come. It was going to come through the Christ, right? They didn't know who that was, but but now it's here, right? And the end of verse 11, the good news uh, has been brought to you, right? By the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. And then verse 12, uh, 13 Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as the one who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Right. So because of what we have received, we are to be holy. And it's not that it's going to be easy. It's not that it's going to just come naturally. It's going to be difficult, right? And so I think we've probably all heard many, many, many times being a Christian should not be easy, right? It's not supposed to be easy. It's supposed to be difficult. It's supposed to challenge you because you are dying to yourself, right? You're done away with your own life, and you are trying to attain to what God is, which is holy. And that's difficult. That's hard. Um, so I, as we were talking about this, I, I just really enjoyed those verses because, one, we've been called by one who is holy, right? Jesus as well as God, right? And we are to be that. That's what we are to become. And I think that's um, it's just a powerful set of verses there. Yeah. Now, I want to go back to one thing that we're talking about in Ephesians chapter 5. Um, I really appreciate those thoughts. Um, but as you were going through the, the husbands and wives relationship with Christ in the church, um, I think you did a really good job of emphasizing this is talking about Christ in the church. Um, because... So many times we read through Ephesians 5 and we're like, oh, that is Paul instructing husbands and wives how they should um, care for one another, how how they should cooperate together. And by the way, it also applies to Christ in the church. But that's actually <laughs> that's actually flipped. We read there right. at the end of the chapter, Paul says, now I'm saying this is about Christ and the church. And by the way, it also applies to husbands and wives. Um, right. I, when we have that emphasis that 
this is clearly about Christ, his church being holy. Um, it makes a great analogy to husbands and wives, but the primary focus is Christ and his church. Yeah. Um, but then even back up further into Ephesians 5, talking about one of the ways that we do that. One of the ways that, that we strive to be holy, as Chris, you're talking about, we've received this, we need to strive to be holy, is walking in the light. And I, I brushed over that in Ephesians 5, but I want to slow down a little bit more because that is, wow, that is one of the key ways that we strive to be holy is walking in the light. Because with with God, there is light in I just bumped my mic. Sorry about that. Um, and him and God is is no darkness. Um, Dylan's part Italian, I'm sure. He's he, got hand movement. He I, I talk with my hands quite a bit. <laughs> Spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure our listeners have probably heard a couple of different times mics being bumped or something. That's, oh yeah. That's definitely me. I talk with my hands all the time. <laughs> Sometimes um, when I'm teaching on Wednesday nights, I actually have to just sit on my hands when I'm doing the Facebook Live <laughs> class. That way my hands aren't like up in the screen. Um, anyways, the, the the walking in the light is so key to how we strive to be holy. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to take us to, to 1 John in, in the very first chapter. Uh-huh. And he talks about walking in the light. Um, he says in, in verse 5, this is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you. That God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. That's the thing we're striving for. That's a summarization of of holiness right there is that we walk in the light as he is in the light and the blood of Christ cleanses us from all sin. Well, and I'm, so I'm still in first Peter, at least in my Bible. And I'm listening to you guys from Ephesians and the parallels are just awesome. So first Peter chapter two, starting in verse four, as you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house mm-hmm. to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe, uh, but for those who do not believe. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense they stumble. Because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We are to be walking in the light because God is light. We are to be a holy people because God is holy. All of these things, right, what what we are doing in our lives, because we're trying to, again, emulate God, trying to emulate Christ. We're trying to become like him. And I just, I think the parallels between the, the, the verses in Ephesians chapter five and in first Peter, really all of first Peter almost is, is just awesome. Yeah. So I'm curious, Myron, mm-hmm. when we first uh, talked to you about coming on this podcast with us and gave you a couple of different ideas of what we could talk about, you know, we, I told you we're in a series talking about God is, we have a couple of different options and you said, well, if I get to choose, I want to talk about God as holy. Yes. Um, was there a reason? That yeah, you... I, I just think it's the very, it's the most uh, rudimentary 
Okay. Um, you can you can look at God's designs, which is I think where you went last week, and and that may be the most fundamental um, mm-hmm. because it's an evidence yes. uh, that brings you to an understanding for sovereignty and authority and power. But right hand in hand with that is is holiness, because then that brings you to humility um, spiritually. And so you you say, okay, he is the creator, yes. Uh, however, he's not just creator, you know, like it's not just might makes right. Yeah. It's not just because he's all powerful. He's he's more than that. Yeah. He's holy. And so um we are we are really profane. Uh, that is we we have taken things that we were designed as the creator designed us for, and then we profane it when we transgress his designs. Mm-hmm. Um, so we profane it and then do things like we're not supposed to do. Uh, it, in and of itself, it might be fine, except for the fact it's not what we were designed to do. So we were called out to do a certain thing, a special purpose for a special use. And, yeah. you know, the analogy has often been used uh, like a, a hammer uh, for a fly swatter. Yeah. Uh, it works, uh, <laughs> but it's a profaning of the purpose of the hammer to yeah. kill the fly, however, um, over how, however um, uh, perfect it, the accomplishment of the task, <laughs> uh, you know, there may not be much left of that I'd fly. I'd say complete. <laughs> but but is that is that's it's profane in that it it destroys so much. It's just not ef- effective yeah. uh, in 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 its main purpose. Mm-hmm. So. We profane ourselves when we, you know, there in so many different ways. Uh, when when we take um, uh, language, for example, as we first started uh, innocently enough uh, in your youth, um, but when we take language and then we we twist it and we use uh, words that were not intended uh, and meanings and concepts that were not intended for the way, so. Just as an example, I hope you won't have to edit. Uh, so there's there's uh, heavenly uh, things, and there there are I guess people say today more hellish things. Now mm-hmm. I I'm uncomfortable going there. I don't even use it as an adverb or anything like that because it is a real place. Heaven is yeah. a real place. So I don't say for heaven's sakes or or um, it's heavenly, you know, or, or you know those kind of things. Yeah. It's 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 rated G enough, but it's 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 still beginning to edge away from holiness. Mm. And so when I think now, hell is not an adjective for the the thing that you're describing later, or a like, verb, or a yeah, it's anything. not. It's it's a whale of a big thing. It's not yeah. a you know something yeah. else. So it, it's not to describe the uh, the 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 size or the enormity or the the volume of something. It's it's a real place, and it's it's designed for uh, for the devil and his angels, yeah. and so we demean it and we profane it when we commonize it and vulgarize it by saying a simple thing like uh, the place called hell mm-hmm. uh, when we use it in a way that is not uh, not to be done. Yeah. So I mean, there's a thousand no a hundred thousand ways we can profane language and then profane our actions and. But it then it comes down to kind of like a, a whole list of don'ts, you know, mm-hmm. and and really I get back to 
this this righteous man, Isaiah. And what does he say when he encounters God? Now, this is a righteous prophet. Yeah. He says, I woe is me, for I am unclean. I am undone. I have unclean yeah. lips. You know, yeah. all of us. I don't care who, how holy you are. You got a ways to go. Yeah, you know, and none of we us all have, do. None of us have ever experienced that in our lifetime, where we encounter the presence of of God, as Moses did when God right. said, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna cover you in the cleft of the rock as I pass by." Yes. And Moses came down; his face was glowing. Um, as Isaiah did, and he's like, "I am undone. This is incredible." Um, but oh, I want to tell y'all a, a, a story of actually a dream I had one time. And I don't think I've told it on the podcast here before, but I remember that similar feeling um, of, oh, wow, I'm nothing. I, I am undone. Um, but it was actually a little over a year ago. Um, I I was just, I had a dream that I was sitting there talking with my dad and I don't remember the conversation, but but he looked up and said, he's here. Jesus is here. And so I went over to the window and and I looked out the window and I remember lights coming through clouds, shining down on on buildings and skyscrapers. And I just remember this feeling of I'm undone. Like I it was it was a fear, but not like, a, oh, I'm afraid I'm going to go hide in the corner and cover myself with a blanket, but more of a wow, that's real power. Like, I don't want to mess with that type of fear. But it was that completely uh, humil- uh, um just humility, um, humbled. I, I, I am nothing. And, and while that's clearly a dream, not a real experience, it was just because Jesus hasn't come yet. Obviously it's not a real experience, but it was just this feeling of like, wow, that is, that is something. And I am nothing. Well, and so as, as you talk about this idea of humility, right. And the, the understanding that, that we are nothing, people who don't believe in God, don't believe he's holy. Right. And so there is no reverence for God. There's no reverence for the word heaven, for the word hell, for the right. the name of God. There's no reverence for right. it. And when people begin that journey, right, they hear the message, right? They believe it. They repent. They are baptized. They, and then, you know, the, the last step to follow, right, to, con- to confess the name as well. But when, when we begin that journey, we don't really understand what it means to be that God is holy. We just don't get it. As we continue on in our lives, we think we might understand it a little bit, right? Like as you mentioned earlier, it's the it's one of the, the basic things that we should be understanding, right? Yes. As we grow in our faith and our understanding, the more that we understand, I think I believe the more we understand how little we understand about what that actually means. <laughs> you know what I mean? To, just to, to understand how powerful God actually is, what holiness is to God and, and what God actually is. I The more that I have grown in my faith, the less I believe I genuinely understand, right? I can explain, I can discuss, but but when you talk about an understanding of, of the heart, right, an understanding of the mind, those are two different things. And I am more and more awed and impressed with God every single day of my life, right? More so than I was the day before. And every day that passes, I realize more and more that I still have so much more room to grow. And I think that right there, the idea of humility is is where it is, incumbent upon us as Christians to understand that we are nothing, right? We are, woe is me, right? Because God, you are incredible. You are amazing. You are powerful. And when we start to elevate ourselves in any capacity for any reason, without giving glory to God, without 
laying at God's feet, this is my gift to you, we just, we don't get it. Yeah, it's unattractive to other people, first of all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, uh, it's got to be repulsive to God. So, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, we, the closer we get to God, mm-hmm. and, and that happens like a, an accordion, doesn't it? Yeah. In our lives, <laughs> where we, we get closer and then we get farther away, we get closer and and, and hopefully, as we mature, the, those that cycle or that those extremes are, are narrowed, yeah. um, and, and we get closer and closer. But as as we as we do get closer and see more, become more spiritual and more sensitive to God's holiness, and we, I believe, are probably are bettered by it, and we get closer to that light. We see how how the remaining blemishes that we have, mm-hmm. and we become more aware of the things that we are deficient in. And then that should make us actually more humble. So as we get, as we mature, we actually ought to become more Christ-like, more humble. We should. Meek. We definitely <laughs> yeah, should. We, we should. Uh, yeah. but, but then then there's the, you know, the natural part of us that, that sort of resists all that. So yeah, we have yeah. to keep checking ourselves. And that's the reason why we die daily, right, to yeah. ourselves. Uh, absolutely. Well, I think we're coming to kind of a close with uh, this discussion today. Um, Myron, we're so grateful for you to come on here and talk with us about God being holy. Um, I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. It's been good. Mm-hmm. It's been Absolutely. Good. Thank you for um, inviting me. Before we, we do close up, though, um, does anyone have any closing thoughts? Um, anything that I, I like to always use the phrase, you know, put a bow on it. You know, <laughs> when you're finished wrapping the present, you always put a bow on it. Always try to, to wrap up, finish wrapping up the present before you present it. So, well, uh, I, I'm just one last word for me and I'll let you guys wrap up. Yeah. But to me, uh, it's, uh, sometimes holiness just seems unattainable to people. Mm. And so they kind of just say, uh, yeah, we're not, you know, I'm not just sort of give up on the notion of being holy. And yet God actually commands us to be Mm -hmm. holy. So be holy for I am holy. And and so that's God's way of saying, I want you to be like me. And so we we get that notion with love and with other things, but we kind of fade off with holiness. And and yet I I really think that it's something we can all kind of shoot for. Amen. I agree. I think, I think we have to, right? Just as you were saying in that, uh, do you know? Do you remember what verse that was that you're quoting there? Uh, Be holy as I'm holy. Yeah, yeah, it's from Exodus. Um, 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 <laughs> nope, I don't remember exactly <laughs> which where that's from. But uh, First Peter quotes from it, and yes, uh, so that was the Isaiah. One I was gonna... Isaiah, uh, you know, I may have it as well, but I'm pretty sure that's out. Oh, that may be actually out of Leviticus. Yeah. I rec- that's Leviticus 13 or something okay. like that. Um, I believe it was said a couple of times. Oh, right. yeah, I'm yes. sure. Well, it's definitely <laughs> but said it's reiterated times. in, in, in yes. Peter's writing. Yes, and that's that's what I was going to get to yeah. is, you know, we, we see it from the Old Testament all the way through to the New, right? Mm-hmm. From before Christ oh, yeah. is born on earth to after Christ has died on earth. God is the same. He is yes. holy. Timeless. And for us to, like you were mentioning with love, with patience, with whatever the case may be, right? Whatever, uh, whatever other uh, portion of your soul that you are trying to attain to, right? We are to be holy. We've been called to be holy. We've been told to be holy. And while we are, while we, people are right, we are never going to attain it in this life, we strive for it. Right. 
because that is the goal. And because if we don't strive for it, we're not going to attain the goal. Um, you know, we, we press on, right, to make for the upward call of Christ Jesus, right? Not that I have already obtained this, right? But I press on to make it my own. And, and so we should be trying to be holy, uh, because God is holy. Yeah. And if he is our creator and if he has created us, then man, I want to be just like him. I want to be just like my father. Amen. Absolutely. Yeah. The pressing on that Paul's talking about there in Philippians is never being satisfied with, with where we're at in our not that I've attained. Not that yeah. I have attained. Yep. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm pressing on. Absolutely. Well, I really appreciate this conversation. Myron, it has been a pleasure to talk about this with you. Um, for all of our listeners, I want to remind y'all, um, our goal by the end of this month, before we hit our one-year anniversary, is to to hit that top 2% of podcasts worldwide. We're at 2.5% right now. Um, if y'all will... Go back, listen to episodes that you may have missed, share it with a friend, um, get the word out there. We have thoroughly enjoyed this, and and we like sitting, setting little mini goals for ourselves. Yeah, so. you know, as as you guys hopefully go about kind of sharing the podcast and and listening to more, we also hope that you're encouraged to have conversations of your own about this stuff. Mm-hmm. the The entire reason that we even started this podcast was to make it seem more accessible to have conversations about Jesus, about God, about the Bible. Because that's one of the things is that you know, I'm the family minister here and I work with the teens. They, It's scary, specifically for teens, but it's scary for everyone to talk about God, talk about Jesus, talk about the Bible. So we encourage you as you listen to these, take some notes and, and use those as just jumping off points to go and talk about God, to talk about your Savior, the reason that you are alive today and the reason that you live. And we just we hope that you're encouraged. And we do want to thank you all for all of your support, for your continued support. Uh, for your prayers and everything, it it, um, it does mean a lot. And we are very mm-hmm. appreciative of it. Absolutely. Well, we love y'all. And if you will listen to the next few minutes, a few seconds about how you can contact us. Thank you so much for listening to the Bible Conversations podcast. I want to tell you about a couple of ways in which you can be involved or help us out. You can like us on Facebook and share our posts. You can send us an email at kcocbibleconversations at gmail.com. You can follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can even leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We're also partnering with Ministry League. This is a wonderful app full of so many different resources to help you grow your faith. We love you all. Now let's go start a conversation.